Praise the Lord, everyone. Let's stand together and give Jesus a big hand clap of praise this morning. standing you may be seated it is uh, so good personally to be back in the house of the lord i can't tell you it's been it's been a while uh, since i've been here but it's good to be back good to see all of you uh, i want to thank you uh, for all your uh, thoughts and prayers for my uh, mother and i can't talk too much about that or i'll just have to go sit down uh, but thank you uh, for that they uh, they really meant a lot and uh, good it's, it's good to be here we have some uh, birthday today today young lady back there that we all love she's young like lady. 25 today <laughs> sister banks that's a birthday today amen yes. a happy birthday to you a happy birthday to you may you feel this week. Yes. Sister Kathy and her husband Jeff are going to have an anniversary. She's like, really? <laughs> glad, glad we're here to help. <laughs> and then Brother Marvin and Sister Mary Howard have an anniversary this week as well. Anybody else? Anybody else? Happy anniversary to you, a happy anniversary to you. May you feel Jesus here every day of the year. A happy anniversary to you, a happy anniversary to you. And the best year you've ever had. Have you announced the hoedown? Um, go ahead and announce it, brother. We've talked about it, okay. but I don't know that we got it last Sunday. Is so. that the date still good, the 21st? Yes, okay. October the 21st. So, but we didn't say a time. Okay. Let's just say 3 o'clock. Okay. Is that too late? Maybe 2. Two, two? two mm -hmm. work. That's just for fine. people who want to drive back in the daylight. I understand. Is that good? So, Does that work? Yeah. I don't have to drive anywhere, so yeah. I'm good. <laughs> so uh, 2 o'clock, October 21st at our house, way out yonder. Uh, and we'll, uh, again, if you don't remember, we'll give you directions again. And GPS will almost get you to our. Almost. Right almost. to the driveway. We'll It'll send up smoke signals. That's right. <laughs> It'll get you that far. Uh, but uh, October 21st uh, at 2 o'clock, the, I don't even know how many hoedowns we've had. I've lost track, but I think Maybe it's six. Six, fifth or six for sure, this, yeah. yeah but, uh, we'll do that. We look forward uh, to that. And uh, everybody's invited. Bring somebody with you. Bring a pot of, what, are we going to have a... Okay, we're doing soups and chili, so go ahead and be practicing on that. There will be an award for the best soup or chili. It just super chili. We're not giving you specifications, but it's going to be a very sought-after prize. You are going to win the golden ladle. Yeah, we'll 
golden so ladle. everybody wants the golden Woo. ladle. So bring your bring your A game. All right, we're That's ready, right. ready for That's it. Right. We'll have uh, games and stuff for kids of all ages. And, uh, just I won't wreck the trailer on the hayride. If you don't know, the last one we had at the house, I almost killed all the ladies. <laughs> we live to tell the tale, though. But we will, we will not do that uh, this time, I promise you. Lord willing. <laughs> all right. This time, we'll dismiss for Sunday school. Yep. So good to see all of you today, even the ones that have already left. It's good to see them as well. Excited to be in the house of the Lord today. Amen. I'm looking forward to what will transpire today in the house of the Lord because He is good. His goodness is going to meet us here today. I got some good news for for a world filled with bad news. You know, anyone tired of seeing bad things broadcasted? All the the deaths, all of the chaos that's going on in the world. It's uh, we have some some good news here, uh, Brother Troy. Would you throw that picture up there for me? Who you're looking at right here is a, it's a pretty, if you can see very good, it's not a, 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 a high resolution photo, but you can, you can make out who it is. This is Pastor Mike Chapman. And what has been going on is what is known or what, what's called the tri-state renewal. And this is... Um, something that has gone on from the 11th to the 17th. And so this is a post from Mark Crowder who posted this. He said, Last night was the third straight night of tri-state renewal. We were in another Methodist church and it was packed out again. Over 340 in attendance. Pastor Mike is a Methodist pastor. He is the pastor of the first church we were at on Monday. Last night he received the Holy Ghost. That in itself is amazing. Now would you pull up that other picture? The second picture is him praying through his first person to receiving the gift of the Holy Ghost. Brother Smith preached last night towards the end of his short sermon. He recounted several miracles 
The last one caused faith to explode in the room. You felt the urgency take over in the room. God did the rest. Many miracles, many healings, many filled with the Holy Ghost. Thank you, Bishop Harper, for for this incredible vision. Now, I don't know the the story here, but I'm just hearing what I've seen on on social media, but but apparently from this from this uh, flyer, uh, the the first church in Monday, September 11th was uh, uh, was United Methodist Church in Huntington, West Virginia. Uh, the the Tuesday, the next service, the 11th, was at uh, the Norwood Free Methodist Church, um, and then on Wednesday, New Hope United Methodist Church. And then Thursday, there was a Bible Apostolic Church. Um, and then Friday, uh, another uh, Pentecostal church. Um, Saturday, there was, it was uh, at 7th Avenue Baptist Church. And then on Sunday, Apostolic Life Cathedral in Huntington, West Virginia. But what I'm gathering from this event is that this was a, a event to reach churches around and what boldness to go into a a, a building a, a a pastor's uh the place where he has taught and preached and then say you must be born again and for people that even the pastor to receive the holy ghost and then pray through his first person to receive the that's good news to me that's amazing to see and to hear and to know that those things are going on even right now, not, not something that's happening in another country. It's, it's going on right here. I mean, it's close to home. This thing is happening right now, and it's caused me to really, to really consider what, what we have to do, what we have to see. We have to see the big picture that God wants to do that all throughout this country and all throughout this world, he wants, he wants to do great and mighty things because he is the answer for this dark world. He's the answer for darkness. And that's what we're going to be talking about today, looking through our study that we have been going through with the Sermon on the Mount, the Beatitudes. The last, the last sermon was leading us into this moment where we were going to look through those passages that I read beginning at verse 13, Matthew 5 and 13. Ye are the salt of the earth, but if the salt have lost his savor, wherewith shall it be salted? It is Thenceforth good for nothing but to be cast out and to be trodden underfoot of men. Ye are the salt of the world. You're the salt of the earth. Salt has two purposes. Preserve and season. Jesus was using this analogy to connect what they knew about salt with how they were to be in this new kingdom. What the Lord was teaching to, to lead those who would follow him, lead them to a place 
where they could actually do something for the kingdom. He brought us into the kingdom to do something mighty. To do something big. Bigger than ourselves, just like we've already started out this morning with. He called us to do something bigger than we can comprehend. To be a part of something we can't even comprehend. Salt was a valued commodity and we could say salt has always been valued through every generation. It's always, it's always been valuable. Today at most, if not all restaurants, you'll find a salt shaker at every table. You have one at home. It's used all the time, isn't it? You sprinkle it on whatever, whatever you need to. Some people even bring their own salt wherever they go. It's like, that ain't salt. This is that pink Himalayan salt. I even brought the grinder. Salt makes things taste better. Even at certain restaurants, makes them taste better. If you can get it to come out of the shaker, that is. The reason table salt clumps together is because it's hygroscopic. It absorbs moisture from the air and then it clumps. If we can't get it to come out of the shaker, what purpose does it serve? I believe the church has been a little clumpy through the years. Maybe not every church or every individual, but I'll be the first to say, I know I haven't been worth my salt. I've been clumpy in the shaker. What good are we if we absorb his moisture, his presence, and become clumped together inside a building, and no shaking can get it out? When we find a salt shaker like that, when we have need of one, we look for another shaker. We put that one down and we stop trying to shake it and we go find one we can get salt out of. You are the salt of the earth. You are the agents of change. You were created for my pleasure, the Lord declares to us. And this is what will please him. When those who follow him take his words to those who are in need and give them what will slow the decaying and awaken their taste. That's what agents of change do is they they go to the decaying and they slow the process so they can give them a moment that their taste would awaken. I didn't realize I was decaying Until you came, Lord. I didn't realize what I was missing was savor. Psalm 34 and 8. Oh, taste and see that the Lord is good. Blessed is the man that trusteth or or findeth refuge. Blessed is the man that finds refuge in him. You have tasted. I have tasted. 
And he really is good. It's not just something that we say. It's not something that we, we, we speak to get a response from someone. We have tasted of his goodness and we know he is good. All a person needs is a change. All a person needs to change is a taste. They don't need the right words in the wrong spirit. Or to be handed something before they're ready for it. They need something that will slow the decay and awaken their taste buds. Have you ever tasted something that was seasoned perfectly? Man, I keep thinking about that steak at Giuseppe's. That was, and I told, I've told people before, that was the best steak I have ever had. In fact, I wanted to do what my daughter does and lick the plate, but I thought that that's probably not appropriate at this restaurant. Anyone ever salivate thinking about that steak? I, I, maybe I have, I don't know. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh, well, now you know how I feel. (laughs) Salt will make a person thirsty. You ever eat a bunch of chips and then, man, I got to get some water. Eat a bunch of salty food and you got to get some water. The salt Jesus said his followers would be Make people thirsty. When we can be the voice who declares that Jesus has done for every man, people will become thirsty. When we can declare to people what the Lord has done for them, they will become thirsty. Hebrews chapter 2 and verse 9 tells us, But we see Jesus, who was made a little lower than the angels for the suffering of death, crowned with glory and honor, that he, by the grace of God, should taste death for every man. He tasted death so we wouldn't have to taste it. He gave us a different option on the menu. Oh, taste and see. How good he is. When his disciples left their occupations to follow him, it was because he had something worth following. They had tasted something that he was dealing out. And it was worth abandoning all to to follow. They tasted something. Are we offering anything worth following? As the people of God. Are you and I? I I wrestle with these kinds of thoughts. I want you to know. Am I offering anyone worth following? Am I offering them anything worth following? Am I worth my salt? Jesus said if salt loses its flavor... 
it loses its, if it loses its preserving properties, what is it good for? A while back, we went to Golden Corral, and that used to be a good experience. Used to be. Well, if you add salt. It looked the same. It smelled the same, but it did not taste the same. Something was missing. It was bland. There was no seasoning at all. Are we apostolic in look and sound, but not in taste? If we lose our commission to bring taste to the tasteless, our salt isn't salt. The only use now is to be thrown out and trampled by men. That's what Jesus was declaring. Salt must do something because it was made to do something. It was made to to make a change. It was made to change whatever it touched. Whatever it was put on. But if it holds its purpose, it will get the attention of those who have lost their taste for anything good. The world has lost its taste for anything good. It's not there. It's gone. The world hungers and thirsts for all kinds of things, but they do not know the taste of goodness. And we, in this place today, know that taste. We know where it comes from. We know who it comes from. Verse 14 says, Ye are the light. Now, before we get into this next passage, I want to connect these two passages here. If we can activate their taste, we can shine to them. If we can activate their taste, we can, the light can shine to them. Are you with me? What's going to get their attention? Something that tastes different. Something that doesn't taste the same as everything else. Something that stands out and stands above. Well, this is different. This is different. I've never tasted this before. What is this? It's the Lord. Oh, taste and see that he's good. Verse 14 says, Ye are the light of the world. A city that is set on a hill cannot be hid. Let's go back because in the beginning God said. In the beginning God spoke some things. In the beginning he spoke to the void and darkness. And light emerged from his command. What he spoke was good. What he created was good. And God said let there be light and there was light. Verse 4, and God saw the light that it was good and God divided the light from the darkness. A songwriter said this, the darkness has no substance of its own. 
Darkness is the absence of light. In the words of David Guzik said, the first step from chaos to order is to bring light. It was in this moment that order was established with light being divided from the darkness. And as long as we are on this planet, we will see the sun during the day and the moon and stars at night. There may be days we can't see the sun and night and nights where we can't see the moon or stars, but they are there. There is a light that won't be here all the days of the sun and the moon will be. There's a light. That's only here momentarily. Jesus said, you are the light of the world. But Jesus also said, he is the light of the world. Matthew wrote in 4 and 16. The the people which sat in in darkness saw great light. And to them which sat in the region and shadow of death, light is sprung up. Matthew was writing with the prophecy in Isaiah 9 and verses 1 and 2. Nevertheless, the dimness shall not be such as was in her vexation when at the first... He lightly afflicted the land of Zebulun and the land of Naphtali and afterward did more grievously affect her by the way of the sea beyond Jordan and Galilee of the nations. Verse 2, the people that walked in darkness have seen a great light. They that dwell in the land of the shadow of death upon them hath the light shine. So Matthew wrote about this prophecy being fulfilled in Jesus. People had been in darkness and heard stories about this light and now it's here. Now there's light among us. John describes the life in Jesus is the light of men. And the light shineth in the darkness and the darkness comprehended it not. It could not perceive it. It couldn't grasp it. It couldn't seize it. It could not apprehend it because there is a wall of separation between light and dark. John chapter 8 and verse 12. Then spake Jesus again unto them saying, I am the light of the world. He that followeth me shall not walk in darkness, but he shall have the light of life. My followers will be separated from the darkness is what he declares. They will walk through the darkness, not with darkness. How can we shine without a dark place to shine in? It's bright in here, but we step outside and we see darkness. We hear darkness. Darkness strolls up on us in our life and we have the light. And God has called us all to be salt and light. But where where is the savor? Where is the flavor? Is our life well seasoned? That would cause people's mouth to water 
when we speak to them because of who we have in our life, who we have working in us. John writes of Jesus being the light more than the other gospels, writes. And in 1235, then Jesus said unto them, Yet a little while is the light with you. Walk while you have the light, lest darkness come upon you. For he that walketh in darkness knoweth not whither he goeth. Our world is in a dark place and there are dark churches. Right? There is a cloud of darkness on some churches and they can't even see the truth. They can't even see the light. And that's why I'm so thankful for people who have a vision to go beyond apostolic ranks and to reach churches with this message because if we don't get out of apostolic churches, the world won't even know where we are. We don't have to invite them to an apostolic church. we got to invite them into the kingdom, in the kingdom of light. They don't have to get it in an apostolic church as we have already seen a testimony of. They were in a Methodist church and there are, there are, let's see, let's see what the numbers were. Um, Eighteen Holy Ghost filled, thirty-six healed. I think that was a... yeah, I think there was like a, almost a hundred or something like that. So that uh, was posted by David Smith 11 hours ago. Two days ago, 17 Holy Ghost, 34 healed. Uh, three days ago, 23 Holy Ghost, 22 healed. Uh, four days ago at the United Methodist Church, 25 received the Holy Spirit and 31 claim in healing. At a Methodist church... At Baptist churches, because it does not matter what denomination and it does not matter what, what, what labels on a sign, what happens when salt and light meet a, meet a dark place is there's revelation and outpouring. What we got to do is make a difference in this hour that we're in and God has given us everything that we need to make a difference. We gotta, we gotta loose the restraints of tradition that says we can only preach in apostolic churches. That's, that's, that's a terrible, that's a terrible way to think because this right here proves that people can receive the Holy Ghost wherever they are. Brother Roger, I believe in that, that Nazarene church there in, in Irvin, I believe that God could pour out His Spirit in that place. And they don't even have to change the word Nazarene on the building. They can keep it there because we're not defined by a title. We're not defined by a label. We, we've got the Spirit of the living God who has empowered us. 
Just like the book of Acts says uh, in 1 8, ye shall receive power. After that, the Holy Ghost has come upon you. Not when you spoke in tongues inside of an apostolic sanctuary. Oh, I'm so thankful for apostolic heritage and the, and the churches associated with apostolic and the denominations, uh, you, you know, that, that that many people have come to the truth through, but it is not linked or tied to an organization or denomination. It's the spirit of the living God that reaches through and he rescues people who are in a dark place. The only qualifications for someone to receive the Holy Ghost is to be in a dark place and one out of it. I'm so thankful for what the Lord is doing, what He's stirring, what He's preparing. But I know, I I know that we're not going to be satisfied until we actually do something for God. Just like we've already established, and we've already read this from Revelation chapter 4, where He said that we were created for His pleasure. You know what His pleasure is? What is? What does the Scripture tell us about the 99 where one left and one went astray. And he, he said, that one is worth going after. We're going to leave the 99 and go for the one. Because one soul matters. If one soul matters, then that means one soul in a Methodist church or one soul in a Presbyterian church or one soul in a Catholic church or Baptist or, or even apostolic church. It does not matter. What matters is that there is a salt and light that comes to those who sit in darkness. I want people to receive the Holy Ghost here. Oh, but you know what? We can't sit here and wait for them to fill this sanctuary because it will never happen. It will never happen. It will happen when we take the salt and light that's been handed to us and we go into the highways and the hedges and we just begin to tell people about this Jesus. You don't need, a, you don't need to be a licensed minister to do it. Listen, you don't need the okay from your pastor to share your testimony to people, to be salt and light to people. You need to follow the leading of the Holy Ghost. And if the Holy Ghost says they need salt and light, then you have to go and give them the salt and the light. I believe we live in a world where there's a lot of apostolic people who don't know how to be salt and light. To the world. What a, what a shame. Because to me that's darkness. When we don't know how to be the light. And we don't know how to be the salt. God's given us all the tools. He's given us all his promises. He's given us all these, these, these things that we, that we have. Because of of who we are and where we are. We're in his kingdom. And in this kingdom, there are kingdom resources that he gives to to those who want it.
Yet a little while is the light with you. Jesus was approaching the day he would taste death for every man. And he warned those who heard him. While there is light before you, walk into, step into the light. Because when the light goes away, the darkness will overtake you. We know when Jesus ascended into heaven, light was transferred to those who would tabernacle his spirit. Tarry in Jerusalem until ye be endued with power. Until you become carriers of the light. With power and light you can walk through darkness with the ability to pull out and not be pulled in. Paul, after his conversion, began sharing this light to everyone he could. He said, I became all things to all men that some might be saved. There will only be some who step into the light. And in Acts 26, he was trying to persuade King Agrippa to step into the light. This thing with going into the synagogues, this idea of going into the synagogues and sharing the truth is not something that was fabricated in this century. In fact, this goes all the way back to the first century because the disciples spent time in the synagogues trying to shed light on people, trying to give them the truth, trying to open up their understanding. And and in fact, they would spend hours in the synagogues trying to persuade men. Acts 26 and 13 At midday, O king, I saw in the way a light from heaven above the brightness of the sun shining round about me and them which journeyed with me. And when we were all fallen to the earth, I heard a voice speaking unto me and saying in the Hebrew tongue, Saul, Saul, why persecutest thou me? It is hard for thee to kick against the pricks. In verse 15, and I said, who art thou, Lord? And he said, I am Jesus whom thou persecutest. Verse 16, but arise and stand upon thy feet, for I have appeared unto thee for a purpose, to make thee a minister and a witness both of these things which thou hast seen and of those things in which I will appear unto thee. He said, I appeared unto thee for this purpose. Revelation is never without purpose. When God reveals himself to us, there is a purpose that's there. There is a purpose that's beyond our understanding or comprehension. When God comes to us to rescue us, there is a revelation that will cause us to see something we couldn't see before. He appears to us. He appears to us. The same way that he appeared to Paul. To give you something. Not just the Holy Ghost, but there's things that come with that. There's promises. There's instruction that comes with the Holy Ghost. I I was thinking about this like, Lord, because you said in your word that if, if a man would... 
if a man would take your words and he would do them, that he would be placed on a firm foundation. How is it that a person who, who, would, who would read these passages and see that if, I, if somehow in, in this thing that salt and light, being salt and light to the world will keep me from falling? I believe it's because if we are if we are the influencers, we won't be influenced. We don't wait to find out what everybody else is doing. We're going to do what the Lord says. We're going to be the agents of change. We're going to be the ones who carry the light. And we're not going to let those around us influence that. We're going to. We're going to try to influence them. We're going to try to persuade them. We're going to try to get where they are and, and get into their life however we can. I became all things to all men that some might be saved. Some are going to be saved because I'm going to try to get right where they are, right where they live, and I'm going to try to minister to them in their dark place. Jesus. Because... Acts 2.38 is truth, but it can be administered in the wrong spirit at the wrong time. How many, how many have heard that? How many of you heard the wrong timing? Think about Job. Job and all his friends, they had great things to say, but it was the wrong context. And it was the wrong timing. So we can say a whole lot of truth and, and be... And be Causing wounds in a person. It's like throwing salt in the wounds. I know they used to do that. They, they would dissolve it, make some kind of little liquid where it would be water and salt. It would be a mixture and they would, they would put it to fight, fight bacteria. But there, I think there is a danger with just, with just throwing salt into an open wound. So what do we have to do for the wounded? The wounded have to be bound up first. The wounded have to be healed first. The wounded have to be touched by the Lord. they got to be touched by His goodness before they can be instructed in righteousness. Verse 17. Delivering thee from the people and from the Gentiles unto whom now I send thee. I'm sending you back. I'm sending you. I'm sending you to the Gentiles. To minister. Verse 18. To do what? To open their eyes. Do you know what the Lord is trying to do? He's trying to use his people to go where there is darkness and blindness and that eyes would be opened. But you know what we need? We need a good, we need a good uh, baptizing of Holy Ghost boldness and courage. We need a good session where we, where we get, where we fall to our knees in the presence of the Lord and we give our life over again and say, God, 
I don't want to be trampled under men's feet. I want to be productive. I want to be salt and light to this world. I want to be who you have called us to be. I don't want to pretend I'm salt and light. I really want to be salt and light. I want to see the evidence and the change from it. What we need is a burden. We need a burden. We need a burden. Brother and sister, we need a burden. Because without a burden, we can sit in the church house and fall asleep. While others are on their way to hell. I'm not in the darkness anymore. I'm okay. I'm good. I can, I can just show up and do my thing. And, and breeze past somebody who is intoxicated or high. And talk about how rude that is. For you to be in public wasted. Oh, but they're consumed by the darkness. And they can't even see the light. Why we just breeze by. Not even moved by their situation. We can sit at a restaurant table and the people who serve us are blind with darkness. And all we can think about is this doesn't taste good. Can you go and make something else for me because I don't like this? And then not leave a tip and expect somebody to see light. We need God to affect everything in our life. Everything that we do must be submitted, must be surrendered at the altar. It's for His pleasure. He doesn't take pleasure in saints who will sit on their gifts. Why? Because there's people in this world who need their eyes opened. That they would turn from darkness to light and from the power of Satan unto God. That they may receive forgiveness of sins and an inheritance among them which are sanctified by faith that is in me. I want to share something with you because this, this, thing, this, this phrase came to me and impacted me this morning. And I thought, Lord, this is what I want. This is what I want to do. And this is what I want to convey. And this is how I want to help people. Jesus shined on Saul, but shined through Paul. When Jesus shines on those who are in the darkness, lost and helpless and hopeless, cursed, He shines on them to turn them from the darkness. He exposes the wounds, the hurts, the fears, the torments, and He releases a balm that begins to soothe and heal. And the taste of His goodness becomes a refuge for those who have been in darkness. When He came to you, He shined on a saw. Do you hear me? When I came to him, I was a Saul. It's a person who didn't even really know God, and that's what Saul was. He thought he knew. He knew the scriptures. He knew about God, but he didn't know God the way that he was about to. Jesus shined on Paul, on Saul, and then he shined through Paul. What, he did, what, what has God done for us? Has he shined on us so he can shine through us? He wants to shine through your life. 
He wants to shine through your testimony. He wants to shine wherever you go. But what you got to do, brother and sister, what we have to do is we have to be consumed. We have to be consumed with this. We have to be consumed with his will. We have to be so so troubled about not doing his will. And, and that, we, that we are constantly saying, God, help me. Help me overcome the areas of my life that cause me to interrupt and intercept what you're trying to do. Because I want to be about your business. And I want to go to this dark world. Because you're the answer. You're the answer to this dark world. Your light is the answer to this darkness around us. It's not anybody else's, uh, uh, nobody else has a solution. You're the only one that has a solution. But listen, the answer, the answer for this dark world is not found in this building in itself. It's found in your hands and your feet and your mouth. When somebody tastes and sees his goodness and he becomes a refuge for them, this is what will keep people in his light. But he wants to do more than shine on us. He wants to shine through us. I want the favor and the light of the Lord to shine on me. But you know, it's got to go beyond him just shining on me to shining through me. Shine through me, Lord. I've had a few encounters through the years that, have, that God has shined through me. Uh, but it, it, they're kind of few and far between. It's not, it's not consistently. It's not all the time like it should be. But that's what we have. To, we're wrestling. We're wrestling with the spirit and the flesh. We're trying to figure it all out and it's hard for us. But God is trying to take us to a place where we shine everywhere we go. Let's stand. Huh. I know he's going to shine on us today. But let's, let's open up our, our lives, our hearts, our minds to see what the Lord would want to accomplish through our life. After we leave this place, that we would be sensitive to what the Lord wants to say and do through our life because I believe God wants to he wants to orchestrate some things in his church he wants to send this church revival is not years away from us revival is here it's happening just like we've already talked about in West Virginia how far is Huntington West Virginia from here and they've got Methodists receiving the Holy Ghost in Methodist churches so this thing is so close but you know what we have to do as a church Say, Lord, don't let us be inside a, of a salt shaker that cannot be emptied. Let's take a few moments and greet your brother and sister. And let's, let's come back in and ask the Lord to have his way in our own lives. Amen. All right. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. 
Thank you, Jesus. I, before, we get, before we get moving in this place, I believe the Lord has already shown up. He's already doing something amazing right now. But I wonder if we could just drop, drop our thoughts, drop our plans, drop what you're going to do tomorrow, what you're going to eat tomorrow, what you're going to wear tomorrow. Why don't you drop what you're going to eat tonight, what you're going to do tonight, and why don't you bring your, bring your thoughts, bring your thoughts into captivity. Every thought, every imagination that would try to hurry, the, hurry you through this day that you would miss the miraculous working of God's Spirit in this house. We're going, to bring it, we're going to bring it all into captivity and we're going to release God to work in our hearts and our lives, our minds. We're going to give Him the space and the opportunity to touch our lives and to transform our lives. So every heart opened, every mind opened, every eye closed, every hand reached towards heaven, would you confess your need, your desperate need for the moving of God's Spirit to, to touch you right here, right where you are right now. God, oh, here we are in desperate need of you because you know where we are and you know what we're facing, what we're struggling with, Lord. You know the fears and the hesitations, the doubts, the unbelief, the, the flesh that, uh, that we constantly wrestle with, Lord. You know the thoughts that try to consume our minds, Lord. We bring them into captivity right now. Oh, and we release you to work in our life, God. We want you to work in our life. We want you to, to touch us in a way oh, that requires our yielding, our submission to you, Lord. So we submit to you. We yield to you, Lord, our bodies, our minds, our lives, Lord, for, for the working of your spirit. Oh, to shift, to change, to shake and to stir whatever you must do, God. Oh, to bring healing and deliverance into our life we open we open ourselves up for the moving of your spirit Jesus 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 we say yes to you we say yes to you we say yes to your will we say yes to your way God we're desperate for you Come on, some of you haven't brought, broken this into the house of the Lord for some time. Oh, I think it would be a good thing for you to break wide open in the presence of Almighty God and let Him begin to do a work in this moment the way that you need Him to do it in this moment. God, we bring our broken vessels to You. Oh, I bring my broken life to You. Oh, I bring my bruised and shattered life to You today. For you to heal and to touch, Lord. Oh. Oh. Is there a sound from, the, from your innermost being? Is there a sound that, would, that you would allow to come out today? Oh. Oh. Yes, God. Yes, God. Oh. From the depths of my being, I say, Whoa, oh, I cry, Oh, God, Oh, God, Oh, I need you, Lord, I need you, Lord. Come on, that's it. Fight through your flesh, fight through your flesh. <laughs> 
push through your flesh and get what you need from the presence of the Lord. Oh, God. Here am I, Lord. Here am I. I'm in need. Don't look anywhere else, Lord. I want you here. I want you here. I need your touch here. I want your touch here. I want it now, Lord. I'm here to worship you, God. I'm here to worship you. I'm here to magnify you, Lord. Oh, yes, yes, hallelujah, hallelujah. Come on, I feel a surge. There's a charge in the spirit. Oh, oh, come on, why don't you just begin to say the name? Say the name of Jesus. Start speaking the name of Jesus. Jesus, Jesus. Jesus, we need you. Jesus, we need you. Jesus, we need you. Jesus, we want you. Jesus, have mercy on us. Oh, God, we need you. Oh, yes. Come on, the Lord's meeting you right now with his goodness. He's meeting you right now with his goodness. Oh, yes. Oh, yes. Ha, that's it. That's it, push. That's it, push. Oh, your flesh wants you to go home unchanged so it can hold you hostage, so it can keep you enslaved, so it can keep you in captivity. Your flesh wants you to remain where you are in the condition that you're in. But I'm pushing through. I'm pushing through my flesh. And I'm getting into the spirit. I'm going to get into the innermost being. And I'm going to praise the Lord until something changes from within. Come on, you're surrounded by the resistance of your flesh. But what you must do today is crucify it crucify it crucify the flesh and let the spirit of the Lord get into the innermost being oh yes oh yes oh God I don't want to go back the way I came in oh I don't want to fall I don't want to I don't want to fall back into the old ways and the old ruts. Today, we're coming out of the old ways and the old ruts. Today's a new day, a new day, a new opportunity, and I'm coming out of the rut. Come on, make that declaration if you're serious about it. I'm coming out of the rut. I'm coming out of the rut. I'm coming out of the rut. Come on, I'll tell you what would be beneficial for you today is to get the Holy Ghost all over again. All over again. Get the joy of the Holy Ghost all over you again. Oh, oh. (laughs) Anybody need joy? Anybody need the joy of the Holy Ghost? 
yes. You need to get into the glory of the Lord. You need to get into His presence. Oh, slay your flesh and step into the presence of God. Hey, this is what we're going to do. We're going to worship. We're going to praise His holy name. We're going to magnify His holy name. If you're ready to praise Him, then let's be serious about praising Him. When we start singing, let's not try to slide back out into our flesh. Let's not slide back out into our flesh. Let's lose ourselves in the Spirit. When you sing these songs that we're going to sing, open yourself up and let the Lord just lift you into a different dimension. I believe the Lord wants to take us into a different dimension in His presence. There's a table that you prepared for me in the presence of my enemies. Hey. There you lay out your instructions there for me. This is how I fight my battle. There's a table that you prepared for me In the presence of my enemies Where you lay out your instructions there for me And this is how I fight my battle
Shine through the shadow. 
dark addiction starts to break. Oh yes, Lord. Declaring there is hope and there is freedom. I speak Jesus. Oh yes, because your name is power. Your
break every stronghold, break every stronghold, shine, shine, thank you, Jesus, burn like a something a little bit different. I want you to I want you to be seated, but I don't want you to get comfortable. I want you to just maybe keep your eyes closed. Just begin to begin to think about your your purpose for being here. What are you here for? If you're here to worship Him, He's here to receive it. He's here to meet with you. If you're here because you need a touch in your body, He's he's here to touch your body, to touch your life. If you need deliverance from a stronghold, in your life he's here to do that I'm here because I want to be in his presence and I want to know him I want to know him in a deeper way and I want him to I want him to do something else in my life I want him to build on what he has already been building in me I don't want to stop. I want to continue reaching. You walked in here today with a need in your life. Something missing in your life. You got a void. There's a void in you. There's a void in you that you're trying to fill with all kinds of other things. But let me share with you what you're really missing and that's you're missing the peace of God the presence of God the joy of his spirit and the peace that comes with that I can save you years of heartache and and confusion and just tell you that void can be filled today in this place by the presence of the Lord 
by His Spirit has been working. The minute that we came here, He knew what He wanted to accomplish. He knew who would be here. He knew the needs before you asked or mentioned it, before you could say a word. He knew, He knows right where you are. I believe the Lord has already moved in situations represented in this gathering today. And I believe that He wants to do even more. But we have to be opened up to what the possibilities of what could happen if we just came to Him with faith. If we just came to Him with desperation. If we came to Him in our brokenness. Scripture's revealed to us that He's He's close to the broken. He ministers to the broken. You're broken today. There's brokenness in your life, and the Lord sees it. He knows it. But what you have to do is, is give it to Him. Give Him your brokenness. Don't try to fix it yourself. Don't try to put it back together yourself. Give Him your brokenness. Give him the thing that won't seem to leave your life. I'm hesitant to move forward because I just believe the Lord been reaching ministering I don't want to rush off and just hit our check boxes go through what we what we do I want him to change how we do things I want him to change how we respond to Him, to our needs. I know that's not going to happen in just one service. It could. I believe that it could. the Lord can you love the Lord right now thank you thank you Jesus thank you Jesus for waking us up today allowing us to be part of what you're doing in this hour what you're doing in this moment God I believe, Lord, that there is 
there is a moving of your spirit that's deep in this place. Oh, God. Oh, God. Oh. silent Lord and let you pass us by Jesus 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 I'm sensing that the Lord wants to take us in a different direction. I need some prayer warriors to lift your voice up. Spend a few moments here asking the Lord what He wants to do. God, <laughs> oh Lord, this is this is all for You. We're here for You, Jesus. We're here for You, Jesus. We're here for You, Jesus, and we want You. We want you to accomplish what you came here to accomplish, God. Jesus, we are the people, the sheep of your pasture. And we're here, God, because we need, we need our shepherd. We need our shepherd. We need you, Lord. Have compassion on your people today. Pour out your compassion on your people today, Jesus. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Oh. Jesus. 
Jesus. Jesus. and mighty wind and it filled all the house where there was sitting. Come on, you're sitting in the house today. If we tarry, there'll be a suddenly. I believe a suddenly is on its way. Come on, church. Let's tarry. Oh, we need you, Lord. We love you, Lord. Oh, we're here, God, to tarry until something changes. Until something begins to move in this in this house. Oh, in my life, Lord. Oh, oh, God, let there be a refreshing and outpouring of your spirit today. Let it fill this house, God, until, until things change, until it changes in us, Lord. Oh, God, we're we're trying to bring we're trying to bring ourselves into unity Lord so that your spirit can move 
in this place. Oh, come on, why don't we turn this into a giant prayer room? Come on, why don't we turn this into a prayer room? Oh, we worship your God. King of glory, King of glory, King of glory, King of glory. We're here for you, Lord. We're here to meet with you, Lord. We're here to touch you, Lord. Oh, we're here to touch the hem of your garment. We're here to touch your presence, God. We're here to worship you in spirit and in truth. We're here to humble ourselves and pray. Oh, God, we believe, Lord. We believe that this hour calls for those baptized in the Holy Ghost and fire. We believe this hour calls for those who who are so committed and consecrated for your purpose, Lord. Oh, we're here today assembled together, God, for you to transform our lives. Oh, that we would go into the city and to the highways and wherever you lead us, God. Oh, to fill fill this countryside with this doctrine. Oh, God, we hunger for you, Lord. We hunger for you. Oh, I wish that somebody would learn how to get a hold of God in this moment. You can't rely on somebody else to get it for you. You got to get it for yourself. And God has given us the opportunity. He's put up the roadblock and said, if you're going to step into this, you're going to have to learn how to get a hold of my presence. Oh, we refuse to be spoon fed. God, we're coming after it. We're coming after you. We're coming after your presence. We're coming after you that we may apprehend it, God. We're in pursuit to apprehend. We're in pursuit to apprehend it, God. Oh, Jesus. 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 Oh. How bad do you want the how bad do you want the wind to blow? How bad do you want the rain to fall? How bad do you want him? How bad do you want him? Jesus.
invite you, the Lord wants to invite you to this altar if you've got a need in your life if you've got something that you're struggling with and you need victory over, this altar is open and ready for you to meet the Lord who is able to deliver you if you have a known stronghold in your life and you want freedom or if you just, you know that there is something right not right in your life but you just can't put your hand can't put your finger on it and you can come to the altar and God will give you deliverance and freedom he'll, he'll show you oh I believe at this altar things will change for you in your mind, if it's in your body if it's in your family, whatever it is you can find refuge in the Lord here today I encourage you I encourage you to make that step of faith silence your flesh
about today It wasn't the first time It might not be the last But I'll get up Seems I can't find within me
36, then cometh Jesus with them unto a place called Gethsemane, saith unto his disciples, sit ye here while I go and pray yonder. And he took with him Peter and the two sons of Zebedee, began to be sorrowful and very heavy. He was grieved and greatly distressed. Then saith he unto them, My soul is exceeding sorrowful, even unto death. Tarry ye here and watch with me. Stay here and watch with me. He went a little farther and fell on his face and prayed, saying, Oh, my Father, if it be possible, let this cup pass from me. Nevertheless, not as I will, but as thou wilt. He cometh unto the disciples and findeth them asleep. Saith unto Peter, What? Could ye not watch with me one hour? Watch and pray that ye enter not into temptation. The Spirit 
indeed is willing, but the flesh is weak. He went away again the second time and prayed, saying, Oh, my Father, if this cup may not pass from me except I drink it, thy will be done. And he came and found them asleep again, for their eyes were heavy. And he left them and went away again and prayed the third time, saying the same words. Then cometh he to his disciples and saith unto them, Sleep on now and take your rest. Behold, the hour is at hand. The Son of Man is betrayed into the hands of sinners. Rise, let us be going. Behold, he is at hand that doth betray me. thought came to me some time ago from this passage are we sleeping when we should be weeping Jesus was praying exceeding sorrowful and his disciples went to sleep How often have we went to sleep in the presence of the Lord? How often have we went to sleep when our brothers and sisters are sorrowful, heavy? Paul said to weep with those who weep. There's not enough weeping. There's not enough weeping going on. The church isn't weeping enough. When you hear someone pouring out their spirit, pouring out their troubles, pouring out themselves at an altar, and we can sit, we can sit in the same room and be dry-eyed. Something's wrong. Something's wrong. We're supposed to, we're called to weep with those who are weeping. We're called to rejoice with them that rejoice. We have no problem rejoicing with people. But when it comes to weeping, we have, we draw the line. I say this because how many times have we watched people come to the altar broken, weeping, and we don't move. Jesus experienced this with his, those who followed him. He has compassion. He does. But the reason I say this is because I, I, want, I want something to get a hold of me when I know that there is something wrong in one of my brother's or sister's life and I can hear their cry. It ought to do something to me. Hearing Jesus cry in the garden should have done something to the disciples. It should stir us to praying and weeping with them. How are we going to build unity in the body? How are we going to endeavor to keep the unity of the body? We're going to have to learn to weep with those that weep. Rejoice with those that rejoice.
going to have to, when, when, when one member suffers, it, it, it ripples throughout the rest of the body. We ought to rally around each other in moments, in those moments, and weep. Share the heaviness with brothers and sisters. People, people who you need in your corner. When you're going through something, you need somebody to weep with you or rejoice with you. We need each other. We need each other. We ought to be stirred to the core. There are great things happening all around and even even in this assembly, God is doing great things. And I believe He wants us to respond. Woe to them who are at ease in Zion. Woe to them who are at ease in Zion. Now is the time for the church to awaken and weep. Weep for this nation. Weep for your family. Weep for those that come into this place needing deliverance, needing healing, needing a breakthrough in their life. Weep for them. Amen. Love and appreciate you all. Let's remember Tuesday night prayer meeting. We won't, my wife and I, my kids, we won't be here. We're going to general conference. I've asked Brother Kay to minister on Wednesday. And um, um, come Tuesday ready to pray. Come Wednesday ready to, ready to give God. Amen. And we'll, we'll see you all. My family and I, we will see you next week. I appreciate you. I love you. Keep showing up. Keep putting one foot in front of the other. Keep pressing. God is going to do great things in your life. All right. You are dismissed in Jesus' name. Keep fighting a good fight of faith.